Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the U.S. for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories, learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Welcome to episode 67 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. Today I have the honor of speaking to the author of the amazing book, Finding American, stories of immigration from all 50 states. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Thanks so much for joining all the way from Canada. Thanks, Anna. It's great to to be here or there or whatever, whatever <laughs> you say when you're in the virtual, virtual space. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of uh, I also heard you wrote a book called Finding American recently. Yeah, so I am uh, I call myself a documentary photographer um, because I like to, to tell stories with photography. Uh, I also am currently a arts educator, so um, kind of do yeah education and photography. Uh, I'm from Canada, but I am the son of uh, two immigrants to Canada uh, who actually met in Chicago. Um, and one of those people, my my dad, is from Ohio. So you know, fast forward, uh, I have done a lot of projects um on on the topic of immigration uh but i wanted to do a, a big a big project on immigration in the u.s and so uh finding american uh, stories of immigration from all 50 states is the the end result of uh what has been called an epic journey i think my my wife <laughs> who was who was in the tiny prius uh crossing the united states with me would agree um, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the culmination of that journey across the U S and using those documentary photography skills and interviewing kind of like, you know, like we're doing here, um, to, uh, tell a wider picture, wider story of, of what it is like, um, to be an immigrant in the U S. So how did that idea come about? Um, so about a decade ago. I had another wild idea, which was to try and find someone from every country of the world who had moved to Toronto, Canada. And so I did that. And the project, which was called Cosmopolis Toronto, was, I mean, in my opinion, the biggest immigration-related project that I could think of. Um, and then I started thinking about returning to the topic, but doing something um, bigger and maybe more uh, or, or just as you know socially important um and with my own background uh you know familial background in the u.s i started thinking about how you know the u.s is the country that has the most immigrants in the world um and it's kind of like uh i guess you could say the the epicenter of the conversation and so I was actually in Bulgaria 
uh, teaching there. And the election uh, in 2016 uh, was happening. And I was just very surprised that many of my students were excited about the Republican candidate. Um, and it kind of confused me. And then I also was following the news and listening to how people were talking about immigrants. And I thought I could use those same skills that I'd used in the past to try and tell a more like nuanced uh, story that included, you know, not just heroes, you know, because there was a lot, there's always like the, uh, you know, the example I think of is like immigrant saves baby from burning building. Or um, the villains, so, you know, something horrible happened, uh, uh, you know, someone, someone who is without documentation uh, did something horrible, and so that's the focus. But there's all these stories in the middle that, you know, aren't, I guess you could say, sexy enough or uh, dramatic or, you know, uh, exciting enough, so they don't get the, the news coverage. And so I wanted to to collect stories that were about people <laughs> um, that were along that that spectrum. So that set me on the the journey, and obviously it involved a lot of logistics and planning. Um, but uh, that was where the idea came from. That's great. I think you and I have kind of a similar uh, goal of just giving a platform for people to tell their stories. Um, and then those ordinary stories, like you say, because every story is special in some way, shape or form. And a lot of times when I want to interview people for the podcast, they say, I don't think I have an interesting story to tell. But actually, when we start talking, everybody has an interesting story. And you never know who is going to relate to your story and learn something from it and feel supported and feel like, that maybe virtual sense of community that a lot of immigrants are missing. So um, where did you start the journey in the U.S. and how did you go about finding these immigrant stories? So <laughs> it's actually funny um, because <laughs> this is very topical. Uh, I actually put <laughs> into uh, like uh, what's like the AI platform like chat chat gpt or whatever i put uh, write a critique of finding american so i wanted to see like what what would it write as a critique of the book and it actually did a very good job critiquing the book and one of the first critique was about how i found uh participants um and so it is uh an interesting process when you're in another country and you're trying to find people in every state um so the first um, way that I did was I, I used social media. Um, I looked at friends of friends and did a lot of cold messaging. Um, so just reaching out to people that may not know me, but they may know someone that knows me and asking, you know, in your community, do you know anyone? Um, and also doing a lot of reading, um, you know, articles in different states and um, different organizations that are community related, uh, I would reach out to and say, I'm doing this project. You know, and luckily I have 
stuff to show that I've already done. So it's not, you know, entirely uh, creepy or strange um, for people. Uh, and once in a while, you'll just reach somebody who, I don't know, they just like want to champion it. And I feel bad because I can't remember everybody who, you know, was really crucial in that initial reaching out stage. But, you know, if you want to think like, who are the, you know, the angels of the project, um, those people that like connectors uh, within communities were really um, important for this to happen. And then, you know, like it's, it was very easy for me to find people in um, California as an example, but finding somebody in Wyoming, um, not as easy. And so I would have to spend more time doing more, you know, more messaging, more cold emailing and, and so on. And a lot of the stuff, um, you know, you just don't ever hear anything. Um, but yeah, it was months and months of outreach. And then it's important to note that when doing a project like this, I was never just walking up to someone on the street and saying like, Hey, you know, I heard you have an accent. Like, can I, can I do an interview? Um, because I wanted people to, to be ready to share. Um, I wanted people to think hard about whether they wanted to, you know, to be in a project uh, like this. And so I actually had a little application form, which wasn't like, you know, there wasn't a right or wrong way to fill it out. It was just a great way for someone to show that they um, had thought about some of the questions that they might be asked and like they are on board with, you know, with meeting me because I was going to be driving uh, very far to to meet them. And that also involved trying to find out where I was going to stay um, and how it would like work logistically with the whole trip so um and that's a whole you know another part of the story was where we slept which uh for anyone listening if you've never heard of couchsurfing.com um that was a real you know savior uh for the project because it's just a big country and that was a lot of you know a year on the road um it's hotels, even, you know, the, the cheapest motels can be expensive. And this was, you know, not a, a big budget um, operation. So couch surfing uh, is a place, it's like Airbnb, but free. And strangers uh, who have profiles, you know, can uh, offer to host you. And so it was like, figuring out who I was meeting and then figuring out where I was staying. And that was the, you know, the process of, of doing the actual um, project, which that, yeah, as someone who's not particularly organized, that involved a lot of, of organization. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of logistics uh, and planning. So you interviewed someone in every state. I actually, so, so the way that it was organized was um, I looked at like the overall demographics of the United States and then tried to figure out, which was definitely imperfect. I tried to figure out how many people I could possibly meet. Um, it ended up taking a lot longer than I thought it would. But I 
decided that I would meet more people in a state like California or a state like Texas, as an example, because there are just so many more immigrants in those states. So it's not a perfect science, but there are probably almost 20 people from California in the book, but there are only two people from two people from Montana, I think. Yeah, two. So, you know, smaller immigrant populated states had less, um, you know, people in the book. But I think that, that, you know, that makes sense. Right. I think that is very reflective of the story of immigrant America, right? And uh, I'm curious, what are some of the lessons you learned not only from the immigrant stories, but the different states and places where they uh, chose to, to settle, especially those who settled in the less immigrant popular spots like Wyoming, like Montana. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's honestly, it's impossible to, there's, I mean, everybody, like you said, Everybody has a story to tell. I mean, I believe that for any human, but anyone who's moved from one place to another, there's going to be something, you know, to, to, to talk about. Um, I would say when it's very interesting, like your question makes me think of um, how like one person could be the the thing that ends up bringing like a whole community you know like so um i saw that in south dakota where um one karen family moved to work in a turkey prof processing plant um and because it went well for them they said to other karen people from myanmar uh they said you know, why don't you consider moving here and working as well? And then you end up with like more families there. You know, you end up with a Karen restaurant and a convenience store. And, you know, like that is like classic American history, but it's still happening today in rural communities that were, you know, all white American for, uh, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, um, because of a particular business or something, you you have that effect. Um, then I think like uh, Kakiko, who I photographed in Alaska, I mean, Anchorage is still actually a very multicultural place, but he he just loves like mountain climbing, you know? And so that was the thing. Like he just wanted to be on snowy mountains And so he went there to do that sport and then realized, like, I got to find a job um, that can allow me to move from Mexico to Alaska. Um, and, you know, there's there. And then there's like the more the, the most random are probably because of love, you know, like people who meet somebody online um, and that person might be like on a farm, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, Or, or someone who has like family somewhere and then they're like, let's, you know, let's move home uh, together. And then, you know, you have, uh, 
you know, someone who recently like was living in, uh, you know, a busy Japanese city and is now, you know, surrounded by cornfields, um, you know, in, in, well, once again, actually that story is in, in South Dakota as well. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of variety, but yeah, you're right that like, if somebody's in a place where there's no other immigrants around, that's always an interesting story. Yeah, I think that kind of leads me to my next question is, have you seen any common themes in like the difficulties that immigrants have, you know, um, language is always a problem and like getting used to the culture, but especially in places where there are not a lot of other immigrants. Um, do you feel like people felt the need to assimilate more? I mean, so a few like disclaimers or things that I think are important to say. Um, the way that the book is structured is I didn't structure it by state, which, you know, might have seemed like an obvious way to do it. But I didn't think that would be fair because given the amount of people I met, it would almost it would almost turn, let's say, the two people that are in Montana it would turn them into like representatives of that state. And that like, cause it's so subjective and everyone is such an individual that I didn't want anyone to seem like I was defining them by, you know, the state that they happen to be in. Um, and it's also, I mean, it's organized by themes that I came across or like, but they, it's very, you know, it's quite loose, uh, in, in that way, but it's just a way of organizing it into chapters. Um, so with that in mind, uh, it's very hard to, like, I like to think it's a type of book where many people because of the breadth of content could come to many different conclusions, um, in how they, you know, what they bring to reading it or viewing it. Um, I would say that the word, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot, uh, like the intersectionality is important to keep in mind because I don't want anyone to think that, that like the immigrant <laughs> is a thing because depending on your, you know, your gender, your sexuality, the country you come from, the color of your skin, you're going to have different experiences in immigrating, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's like important that, you know, there are people who have a very easy process and people who have a very difficult process. And I think the book does a good job of that <laughs> spectrum being shown. Um, but there were also, you know, it makes me think of uh, Laura, who um, is from Honduras. She is a um, daughter uh, of uh, two parents who I believe they were both doctors, but, you know, well, well off family and, uh, moved to the United States, um, with very little difficulty, you know, and, uh, 
set up set up life um and she remembers you know hearing of people who were being called illegal um and she remembers feeling like you know why can't they do it the way i did um you know and feeling that in like a negative way right but then as she grew older and uh started to work with communities of people who are undocumented um her opinions changed completely because she started to get to know the system that people who didn't come from wealth or you know sons and daughters of doctors or whatever she she got to know what that reality was like so i think it's really cool when um and there are a lot of people in the book who i think are like this when like they're aware of the circumstances that they're in and how that compares to maybe the circumstances of someone else in this whole immigration um you know framework um but i mean it's such a big like the idea that the united states is is all one country is just like like if you actually, you know, go to all 50 states. Like there are a lot of states that are very similar to where I'm from in Ontario. You know, like the New England states, like it doesn't feel it feels like I'm still in Canada. Um but then I can just go like not that far at all, just, you know, a a few hours and I can be in Ohio where, you know, where my father's side of the family is from and I mean Climate-wise, it's the same as where I am for the most part, but it feels different. Um, and then you know, you go south, like it's just like, yeah. like if I'm in New Mexico, it's like <laughs> nothing like um, here. So it's a huge country, and each state's got its own things going on, and so it's very localized in how being an immigrant is. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I'm answering your question, but I think I I like that's okay because there's so many directions and so many truths to uh Yeah, absolutely. to the experiences. Yeah, it's very very uh subjective and uh as someone who has done some work on um immigrant projects in the past, did you come across anything that struck you as surprising in this project? I mean, it's a very different time. Uh, I, I expected that. Like, if you were to go back 10 years ago to telling immigrant stories in Toronto, um, that that project has a very feel-good aspect to it. Um, and I don't want anyone to think that... Like, the book, this book, Finding American, is... I don't think like I definitely wouldn't say it's feel good. It's also not feel bad. Like it's if someone has a idea that the American dream is a hundred percent true, and everybody uh, who goes to America, you know, experiences a regs to riches story type of thing. That's not what you would get from this. Um, but it also doesn't it doesn't show a bunch of people who, you know, um, 
don't like the United States, right? There's a lot of love um, for that, you know, this place, um, that place. Um, so that doesn't, that, and that doesn't surprise me. It's just, it's important to note that it was heavy. <laughs> like to be, you know, I still think it would be heavy, but to be in the United States day in and day out meeting immigrants during the time of the former president uh, and the, you know, narrative in the media and people's sentiments about their own safety. Um, there, yeah, it wasn't the most comfortable. Um, I didn't feel the most comfortable uh, doing it. I felt like I, you know, it was important and I was, but I was, I mean, that was the part, I guess, that was, um, you know, was that surprising? No, but like, I think another thing that surprised me, and maybe you found this in doing interviews that you've done, Anna, it's, it's like you can meet somebody who's gone through the absolute worst and they tell you that story and it is heart-wrenching but the moment they cry is not at all when you would expect and so i can think of many people where we're talking we're having a discussion they're sharing their story it is really really heavy but it's like there's something in certain moments of you know our memories or whatever it brings something out, um, you know, uh, that it it, it it just like a trigger, and maybe maybe they haven't visited that memory for a long time. Um, you know, I, I think about uh, Felipe, who runs a, a very famous uh, asparagus uh, tamale restaurant in Washington uh, State. And, you know, he's been through a lot. Like, he went to war. He was a migrant worker. Um, you know, he's an older man now. Like, he's had his ups and downs. Um, but it was like remembering his days of playing basketball as a teenager that, like, he just broke, like, he, he broke down. Um, I don't think he thought, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think he thought or expressed to somebody mm -hmm. those memories of that team and like not making the team and, and what that was like. And it was just, it, and, that, and there were a lot of times where that happened and th that was surprising, but maybe that's just like, that's nothing to do with the American immigrant experience, just humans and, um, not knowing what you know what things hold weight on someone and that was part of the beautiful thing with doing a project like this that um i tried to do in a, a like i, I move like a snail you know like i tried to do it slowly um i never cut anyone off if you listen to the radio um you know and, and you're doing a good job of <laughs> right now but uh some people just wanted to go off on tangents and that was fine. Um, you know, there is an, there was an audio interview done with everyone 
um, that I met before we took any photographs. Sometimes that took seven hours. Uh, sometimes that was only, a, you know, an hour. Um, but I, I was always trying to, you know, ask very open-ended questions and then also, yeah, let anyone go off in whatever direction they wanted to. And then I knew I wasn't going to use that content, but uh, it's a beautiful thing to have for any family um, because most of us don't ever take the time to say like, hey, grandma, you know, can you tell me what it was like when you were young yeah. you know, in the country that you're from? And then um, when they pass, we wish we asked the questions that we didn't when they were alive. So true. Yeah, yeah. so true. I think it's beautiful that you just let people, you know, let the things out, express themselves. And sometimes it sounds like he cried when he was the simple things from childhood that he missed. A lot of interviews that I've done, people have broken into tears when they um, kind of finished their story and realized where they are today. And those were like tears of gratitude. Like, how far did I come? So I think that is really, really um, incredible. Is there like a one or two like lessons learned or something about immigrants from this project that you would like other people to know about immigrants? I mean, what would I like people to know? I, I think... Like, it's impossible to say anything that's not going to sound, you know, cliche, um, and that's okay. Uh, so I would say the first thing is that, like, without a doubt, the United States would not be even a fraction of what it is today. Whatever it is that you think it is, without the contribution of immigrants, right? That is, that is a, a fact to me, right? Um, the second thing would be that, you know, and these, the, maybe these are like, I think I knew, I knew this before doing the project, but maybe it, it, the project just adds a lot of weight because there are hundreds and hundreds of examples that, uh, are shown, right? Um, the other thing that I would like to say is that, and this is a lesson for, you know, anyone that is an immigrant or is somebody who is, you know, interested, is that nobody's um, in Canada or in the United States, nobody's asking me what I have contributed. And in the United States, I feel like quite often the narrative, uh, when talking about, you know, why immigrants are important or it's always about what they can contribute to the economics of the society. And I feel like that is uh, a flawed way of looking at anything because no person, you know, should only be valued by what they, um, you know, contribute to the dollars. Um, it's, 
it's not something where if you are a you know an american born in the u.s um nobody's ever uh questioning or asking what you've contributed in that way um and it's something it's a weight that i think immigrants um hold on their shoulders or they carry with like this constant trying to prove you know oneself and that could be also to whatever society they've left right like trying to prove to families that they are um you know succeeding um and so i guess what i'm trying to say is that if there is someone listening um you know by going from one place to another you've already succeeded uh and you don't need to contribute anything um because that's not what gives you value instead it's just you know being yourself um yeah that's a very powerful message but yeah thank you that needs to be said and needs to be heard um by a lot of people because i ran into a lot of people that have that question of like but what can you bring here into society Colin, thank you so much for writing the book. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I will link your social media and the link to buy your book in the podcast notes. And I wish you a lot of future success with your immigration projects or whatever it is. I, I think it's really incredible that you are touching on this, uh, what has been in the U.S., a very sensitive topic. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think like you providing a platform, um, you know, it's like, so in this book, you know, you might have uh, one photo in a story for somebody who I spent, you know, many hours, potentially days with, um, and it's, you know, edited down to, to much smaller than I wish it was, but, you know, it's trying to fit, like the, the book is 304 pages. It's trying to fit everything in and i hope that every single person in the book uh can find other avenues to keep sharing their stories right and so by providing this space um like you are here for uh immigrants um or people you know related to the topic to share more is is really important um you know so so thanks and thanks for caring about this absolutely thank you Thank you for tuning in to episode 67 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you are an immigrant or a refugee or an organization that works with these communities, I would love to host you on my podcast. Please email me at info at elisadel.com. That's I-N-F-O at A-L-I-S-A-D-E-L dot com. And please check out Colin's website and his incredible book for more stories of immigrants. Until next time.